Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to the Married Men Don't Talk Show. I'm your host, Darren Smith, author of How to Stay Married for 100 Years, uh, with my co-host, Tony Hawkins and Rodney Turner. Uh, we're going to go over a couple of rules first before we begin, and the first rule is no cursing. On this show, this is a fluent conversation, so we would appreciate if everyone respect each other's comments and, and wait in line to be ready to speak. All right. Our topic tonight on the Married Men Don't Talk show is, is my child ready to have sex or is my child ready for sex? All right, this question came about because my blog uh, on Facebook, I had a very serious question that sparked a whole lot of questions and and answers and comments, so I want to read the question to you. Everybody ready for that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, the question is, my concern, the double... Uh, my concern is the double standard that men seem to have for their children based on the, upon their gender. For instance, our 17-year-old daughter confided in me that she felt ready to have sex with her boyfriend of two years. I was so excited due to the fact, one, she trusted me enough to include me in her, her deepest concerns, thoughts, and fears. And number two, she has been a virgin for this entire time, um, so when, she, when, when the children lose their so many children in this age lose their virginity uh, younger than her. So after praising her for holding out this long, I expressed this to my husband, and he went off. He stated that she, was, uh, that she should not have sex with anyone until marriage. But when our son came to us when he was just 15, year old, 15 years old, he pretty much gave him the permission to by providing our son with condoms and awareness talks about diseases and pregnancies. Now that it's our daughter he wants to, that wants to have sex at an even later age than our, than our older brother, he wants to put the moral card in. He only, his only excuse was it's different from boys than it is girls. How does the Bible address the difference in how to rear male and female children because my husband's theory is not good enough for me to discourage our daughter to do something that she saw her brother do and have permission to do at an even younger age? So that's part so much, so many comments, so, many, so much conversation. So that's why this, type, this topic is very important. And little history, uh, according to the Department of Health and Human Resources in 2012, there was a 29.4 births for every 1,000 adolescent females aged 15 through 19, and 17% of that number of the age bracket was two children. They had two children before they aged 19. So my first question to everybody on the phone, before I read any answer that I replied to the lady, is do you know if your child is still a virgin? I do. All three of my children are virgins. Um, because they ain't of age. I got young. I got young. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about specifically in the age bracket from let's say ten to till eighteen. That's 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 tough. That's a hard question, man. Because is um. but we'll get into that later. But it's it's very apparent that these children are having sex. So 
the children the children are having sex. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it, especially girls. Um anybody that has girls I tell you, it's uh it's just it's it's rough because you you train them up and then whatever you tell them not to do when they get they get to that point, you tell them what not to do. You you're not really sure if they're going to do it. Boys are easy. You just knock them upside the head. But mm. girls, the girl, you, you, I tell you what, boys are like dogs and girls are like cats. You ever seen how a cat in the house has a mind of its own and people don't walk cats, and cats mm-hmm. don't follow owners around the house. Cats kind of mm. do what they want to do. Right. right. That's how girls are, and boys are just like dogs. If I, I if I just want to oversimplify and generalize it, but you agree with my man animal. on the on the when he said that boys are different than girls, because that's that's why he didn't want his daughter to have sex. So you agree with that line of thinking? No, you put no, no, no. I'm I'm just saying that with a girl, she could have sex and you could not even know it, and mm. and never find out. With a boy, you'll know instantly. What you say now? Is the boy gonna come and tell you? No, you can just. I mean, with a boy, you can tell. I mean, you. I mean, T Hog, you got kids. I mean, you know, when the boy actually walks a little different, you know, hear him say, you know, he finally did. You know, he looks like he finally did it. He looked. You know, like okay, let's talk. What happened? What's different? He walked into it. So what's different about he got a little he got a little pep in his step or he got a pimp in his walk or I mean he just got I mean I mean it's just like in high school. I mean you could tell the dudes that was having sex and the dudes that wasn't. No, I mean, not really. I mean, I they, 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 I mean in my opinion, in my experience, they stood out. Well you can agree and disagree with that one. You want to you want your have your son to have confidence in everything that he does, but you know you also want him to be respectful. So you know, it gets kind of tough for those boys. So those guys, those are the ones that probably are communicating with their parents and saying how tough it is because um, what what I found out my daughter's in middle school right now is that. The aggressor is the female. Wow. And um, they want to, and they want to do it because they want to be. And a lot of times, it's peer pressure for some of these boys. It's hard to say, but it's true. You got a Bluetooth on? It's vibrating. I mean, it's um, echoing off. Yeah, you got a Bluetooth on? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Let me, let me change areas. Is this better? Is this better? Oh, yeah. Much better. All right. 
So okay, yeah. so you um, go ahead, go ahead. So I don't know. I think that um, it's tough because you know you you talk to girls, you you tell them that these boys don't want nothing, you know. Um, you you try to explain to them the, the pep game is what I call it. What boys are gonna say, how they're gonna do. But a lot of times it's pressure from their own teenage girlfriend. Mm. Um, that's happening. I mean, we we saw that um, with one of the girls that lived in the neighborhood when they told me that uh, she was pregnant, had a baby, and she was maybe sixteen at the most. Wow. And and my wife caught it right away. So so what are some of the signs? I'm sorry, go ahead. Can't hang with that girl. You can't hang with that girl because that girl is getting you. Uh, that that girl's fast. Yeah, that's what we use to call them. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the telltale signs that children are sexually active? T Hawk, I know you had you you had two daughters, right? Yeah. Okay, and you you was there the whole time. Mhm. All right. Were they virgins all the way until they left the house, or age eighteen? No. No. Okay, what was the tell signs that you that you felt that something was going on? I remember, man. It was a long time ago. Oh, you don't want to. You know, I mean, you know, you you know, you know, if they have relationships with boys, and you know, I mean, you know, so you had that. Yeah, you have that talk. You know, when they sneaking out, coming home late from school. Come up, missing, come up missing, all those things, you know, you put one or two together and, you, you know, and, you, you know, and then the conversation the happened. Conversation so, happened. again, I don't remember exactly how it happened because many years ago, but I'm glad I don't have to worry about that no more. How old are your daughters now? 20, 25 and 21, and then we got Sandra to 17. And she's still in the house? Yeah. Okay, so... So we, but okay. I'm you gonna you say you don't remember, but I I can't imagine forgetting if my daughter was to have sex. I could I I can just imagine remembering the moment that she tells me if she tells me anything, but I just don't want that day to ever. I remember come. the first. I remember when my first one told me. Okay, what happened? You know, I mean, I mean she was mad about something, and she just said it to get even. She said it to get. She said that she just had sex just to get even with you. Yeah. See, see, you think that when when you say somebody was saying that boys are are um, easy to detect when they do it, but once girls do it, they get arrogant, and that's mm. when you start to know that um, they think they're in control. They ain't got to listen to you no more. They feel like they're grown because they're having sex. So when the attitude changes, that's when you know something happened. With the girls? With the girls. And, and the signs with the boys are what? Just I don't walking have boys. Just, like I don't have boys. I don't know. All right. 
Are you still on the line? No, he dropped off. Yeah. Well, he's having some trouble just, with his phone. Okay, I just can't imagine, you know, I, I, my kid, my, my son is 18 and my daughter is 15, and I can't imagine, I mean, we, we have these talks, but I can't imagine having the talk with them when it comes down to them telling me that they're doing something. So, you know, but I'm going to move on to the next question. Could you as a father have a conversation with your daughter about her sexual urges, and how far could she actually go before the conversation began to uh, twist your ears? Oh, sorry. What was the question? Yeah, repeat that. that. No, repeat the Uh, question. Could you as a father have a conversation with your daughter about her sexual urges? Her sexual urges? Her urges. I mean, you know, like this woman, her daughter came to her and said, you know, my hormones are here, and, you know, without getting too explicit, she just, Told her mom. Yeah, but her daughter, but her daughter came to her mother. She didn't come to her father about that. Exactly. But yeah, but I think I know what you're talking about. I'm thinking, you know, when when puberty hits, they start smelling themselves. They, their body is changing, and they want to. I mean, with my daughter, they probably they wanted to start wearing uh, crazy clothes after having sex. I mean, this is before. But that mm-hmm. that is the uh, I mean that is the start to me. The start of changing, wearing crazy clothes, the attitude mm-hmm. change, attitude adjustment. Uh, right. Her walking around acting like she's grown. You know, mm-hmm. y'all giving me stuff because my daughter already doing that, but I don't, I just I don't think she. <laughs> but something like that, I I believe it's because it's in the in a home where the mother is not her mother the way she sees her mother. Her mother is a So I don't know if I'm getting all this because of that or it's because something else is going on, you know. Um, but this is this topic is, uh, it hurts because I don't, you, you, uh, pe- people are saying the gist of the conversation was people just didn't really understand, you know, how come, Girls are different than guys when it comes down to the father handling the situation. When the father hears a, a, a boy having sex, it's like pat on the back. You know, it's like, hey, you know, that's my boy. <laughs> you know? And he could be 14, 15, and 16. Now, yeah. I, did you have boys or girls? Yeah. yeah. Both? What, what, what's, your question? what's your question? Did you have boys or girls? I have boys and girls. I have two two stepdaughters and one stepson. And what are the age? Uh, stepson is twenty. The, the daughters are fifteen and ten. So I can't imagine it would. I mean, you know, that's your daughter. I don't look at steps, you know, in this. But that's your daughter. Could she have she had a conversation with you about uh, her sexual urges or her wanting uh, to? No. No. Has she had I, it with her mom? Yes. Yes, I could I can't handle that com- I'm not I can't handle that conversation. Mom you told me man. You the head of household. What do you mean can't handle that conversation? No, no, I can't I can't handle that conversation. 
Rodney, Rodney, when your daughter comes, you talking about she has an urge to want to have sex with somebody. Let me know how you help. She ain't. That ain't, that ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. I'm not. And, and, and my daughter, my daughter knows that I'm not wired for that conversation. I'm not gonna be rational. But that doesn't mean you can't have this conversation, or the conversation don't need to put, take place just because you're not rational. May, you know, I just thank God for not putting me in that situation. And I just leave it at that. I ain't had to go. I ain't, that road, I ain't had to go. Yeah, so you got to realize, Darren, that this is not a comfortable conversation that we want to have. I mean, I'm just keeping it real with you. I know you want to get this information out because you're going through it with your daughter, but men don't want to talk about their kid, their daughters having sex. Ever. Well, it, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's a topic that has to be. I mean, we can we can say we're men of household. We we can say we're the head of the household, but when it comes down to being the head of everything, we want to exclude some things. We can't exclude anything, especially. No. We're not saying we ain't gonna handle it, but we saying sitting here talking about it can be a little uncomfortable. Well, that's, that's the whole point. We got we to gotta get uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. you, can't, you can't be in the comfort zone. I mean, fatherhood is not a comfort zone. It's comfort zone in certain things, but in the normal things, but in the uncomfortable position, we got to be able to handle those too. I got I mean, you. But the man not, just said, the man not, just said that he's glad that he didn't have to handle that conversation. And it's kind of like he shouldn't have said it because somebody said he's the head of the household. But, I mean, certain things you can delegate. And I think that that's one of the things that you can delegate. If it gets out of control and the delegation is unsuccessful, then you can step in and lower the boom. Now, now the way me and my wife handled it, uh, she confides in my wife. So we have this rule. My wife tells me she has this perfect preface for me. She says, there's something I want to tell you about uh, girl girl A. I said, okay. She says, now, if you want to know, you first have to promise me that you uh-huh. you are able to take it, that you, yeah, won't, I, you won't say anything to her because the moment you say anything to her or you act funny, then I lose my wife loses that connection she has with her daughter as far as getting information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I opt out. I let my wife, I tell my wife, if anybody hits her, hurts her, threatens her, let me know. Or if there's something you feel I need to address, let me know. But I let my wife handle all that. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. You usually starting at the age of 18, the feelings of attraction and opposite, of the opposite sex. That's natural to, and that's expected for a boy to be naturally attracted to a girl and vice versa in most mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most parents would agree that 13, 14, and 15, even 16-year-olds, it's, it's too young to have a boyfriend and girlfriend. Is that agreeable? I mean, I mean, what what age is... Okay, so what age... I'm sorry. Every, household, every, every household is different. Uh, I know in my household, that whole boyfriend girlfriend stuff. That's not really up until for me. Do you like? I don't. I, I won't allow talking about it to me until you're like uh, 
Let's see, a sophomore, junior in high school. Sophomore, junior. So you're about 16, 17. That's, that's about when I can wrap my mind around the fact you got a boyfriend. Even though it may have happened soon. Because we are dealing with girls. Well, we're dealing with both children. I mean, the oh, yeah. boys, like you said, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm, boys, I'm, a little bit more easy. I'm still on thirty-three, but my daughter, still on thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think we got to rewind. And, and, and that's cool. I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I was saying it's gonna happen, but I'm still on thirty-three. P town, I was at thirty-three too until I saw her looking at dudes on the video and looking at dudes in the mall, and I just had to be realistic. I was at 33, I like, no, nah, not you, 21, 25. You know, I walk around here saying that, and then I called her looking, and I was like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> well, that's why I told you, you got to tell your daughter about the pimp game. You got to tell her now. You got to tell her So 13, I mean, what's it? I mean, they can't just not have a, a boyfriend in your house when they see their surroundings or a girlfriend in, in their house, when they see all their friends having boyfriends. And I, I can remember my sister. I, I went over to my sister's house one time, and um, and her daughter played basketball. And she was, real, she was real good in basketball. So it was prom time. And I said, hey, who are you going to the prom with? She said she's going with her homegirls. And I said, you know, when's she going to be able to date dudes? And my sister almost cursed, cursed me out. She almost, she cursed, I think she cursed me out. Yeah, yeah, I think she cursed me out. And and I said, well, you know, um, and she was about to kick me out of her house. And I said, well, you know, you don't want her talking to girls, do you? And then that's when I got put out. But the, the, <laughs> the point is she turned gay. She's gay. My niece is gay to this day. All right. And and it's because that her mom had the same mentality that most of us have as men because she was the only parent. She was a single parent. And 13, 14, 15, on up to 17, we, it's not a comfortable age for, I mean, so I'm trying to figure out what is an actual age. It's not biblical, nothing in the Bible that says wait whatever. Wait a minute, you're saying, you're saying a lot. You're saying the girl turned gay because her mom only let her hang out with girls? No, I asked my niece. I said, at what point, this is after years after I saw her, I said, at what point did you did your mind change about liking guys? Because I remember when you was 13 or 14, you was coming to me about how should you approach your mom about this boy you like. Oh, and okay. but but then later on, I, the next time I see you years later, you're gay. You like girls, you know. So yeah. what changed? And she said my mother wouldn't let me, you know, um, talk to guys, and, and I got more comfortable talking to my girlfriends, and then we was in the basketball locker room, and, you know, and they started looking attractive to me. I was oh. like, wow. So I didn't, know, I, I didn't know if that was everybody's story, just her story, but, but I know if you keep them from the opposite sex, then, you know, you got something coming. Well, you may have something coming. I don't want to put that on everybody, but I don't know a successful, of a successful story that a man in the home, had a conversation with his daughter and the outcome of that. And, 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 and I'm on the phone with a household stress, men, and, 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 and nobody else has had that experience either. 
I think not your, a successful one. I think your best bet will be talking to a single father with with a daughter, a daughter who's raising a girl. I think that would be your best bet. Cause well, I just like just like I, I mean, you know, go ahead. I mean, I got a helpmate, so I got my wife. So, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that that's her department. Yeah, yeah, I, want to rewind a bit. I want to rewind a bit, um, you know, to, you know, the, the helpmate and your partner. And, you know, are you all on the same page with um, the sons and the daughters in the, in the home or whatever? What? I think I said it earlier, you know, train them up. But what exactly are you training them? Like, what, uh, no, what no is the in my house. In my house. I can give you the rules. Okay, go uh, ahead. I got a 20-year-old. Uh, no sex in my house, period. Uh, <laughs> the girls, you know, they're 15 and 10, so ain't no boys coming over here ever. Um, let's see. I think that's pretty much the general rule right there. Uh, if you don't I think that would cause them to rebel? Like uh, uh, no. no. No, because they have their outlets also. They have their freedoms also. So it's not it's not like they're walking around with chastity belts and handcuffs and stuff. No, no. <laughs> but uh, there are there are there are certain rules that they know is just not even worth it to try and break. And so you you're gonna believe that. Your daughters are not going to talk to no boys until you say so. I didn't say that. He didn't say that. I said, he just no, said boys. no sex in the house. No sex in the house and no boys over. Oh, they can have sex, but just not in the house. I'm not saying that either. That rule, that rule, was more so, that rule, that see, that rule was more so for the 20 year old. Okay. Because okay. these these rules apply to all all three, 20, 15, and 10. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my question is that, you know, are, are we applying consistent rules based on age yeah. and gender? Yeah, that's all three know that rule. All three, grow, growing up hearing that rule, growing up seeing others follow this rule, all three. There's no different rules for different ages. So it, when your daughter, when one of your daughters turned 15, and and it was rules for her. Let's say if she was mature enough to handle a boyfriend. No, but the not, other, no, huh? That's not happening. It's not happening. Oh. Even if she's mature enough, or because I, I'm trying to that that bird of that that conversation about the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. Have y'all had that conversation with your kids, Tony? Did you have that conversation with your daughters, or you just let their mom handle? It? Well, I know we had it with both our kids. Okay, yeah, and, have, and what was said? If you don't, right. I mean, I told them, I told them basically the truth. I didn't beat around the bush. Sharon, that's one thing Sharon and I don't do is we don't beat around the bush. I mean, and you get the new, um, that's nasty type of uh, discussion, but that's just the front. They understand what you're saying. I mean, with the girls, the main thing that I talk to them about is their friends and how their friends will lie to them to try to trick them. 
uh, their friends will tell them that, hey, I'm having sex, so you should go on and have sex too. But the girl really ain't having sex, and you go out there and have sex, and then all of a sudden, you're like, I never told you to do that. You know, so, I mean, I tell her stuff like that. You know, and of course I tell her about boys. I mean, but I mainly tell her about how treacherous other girls are. How treacherous other girls are? What do you mean by that? Oh, girls, there's, there's your main problem. Other girls will, they'll trick, they'll trick you. They'll, they'll try to trick, trick my daughter. You know, I hear, I'll ask her, you know, my main thing to her is just talking to her about what her friend's saying. And she'll tell me, and then I'll try to, you know, I'll try to put a different spin on it. Sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes I have to call my wife and say, okay, this is what she told me. So I need you to t- take it to another level with her and explain it more to her. So what about your sons, though? I mean, do you feel the same, you know, at, uh, when you had this conversation with your son, is it the same? No, no, my son, my son is... Um, no, not yours, he, not yours. We, I'm going to get to your son in a little bit. But oh. anybody else? Oh, Oh, you talking about having a conversation? Yeah, you had the same conversation with your son, too. You let them know I mean, dudes will lie. You let them know dudes will lie. Dudes will say they having sex and they'll lie about how it feels or lie about all the sensations. That's why you make a fool of yourself or ruin your life. Mm. You think kids oh, yeah. are really into that? Peer pressure. Oh, yeah. Talk, yeah, pressure. I, I, I knew, yeah. Yeah, man, guys lie all the time when they that age. You right I mean, there. I know I almost, I, 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 Aaron, I almost drove off the road. My daughter told me one day, I think she was 14 at the time, 14 or 13. She said, uh, yeah, uh, did you know one of my friends is a lesbian? <laughs> I, said, I said, what? She said, you know one of my friends is a lesbian. And before I did see this is the thing with, with kids, you got to get the whole story. So before I flew off the handle, I said, well, what makes her a lesbian? Well, she saw my other friend's hair, and she saw my other friend, you know, I think your hair is cute. So she's a lesbian. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you, you remember who you're talking to. He's a kid. He's not an adult. Not this an adult. is a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And just because they hear their friends at school use the word, and their friends don't know what the hell they're talking about, it spreads mm-hmm. over them. So now you got to reprogram. And before you know it, you never even thought you'd be talking to a 13-year-old about lesbianism. Mm-hmm. I, and, and we were speaking of the birds and the bees conversation. I, I had it this birds and the bees conversation with my son, well, with both of them, but I had it with my son first. And I don't know if it caused him to get curious. I don't know if he, I think he was already curious before I even, you know, uh, spoke to him about it. And yeah, he was because I, that's what sparked me to talk to him about it. And um, and literally, you know, I have a job that 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 I hold this this security clearance, high security clearance, so. I heard the day 
you know, do the IP addresses and check your, your your cables and check your communication lines at your house and check your, you know, what you're doing on the internet. So, um, so my son started visiting me. I gave him an iPad for his birthday, his 16th birthday, 15th birthday. No, it's 16th birthday. This was just two years ago. So, and he was visiting these sites and um and these these porno sites. Yeah. Hello. Hello? Yes, hello. Can you guys hear? Oh, is this Robert yeah. on the other line? Oh, hello, Steve. Oh, hello. Steve. Oh, hello. Robert. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Darren. Oh, I'm sorry, fellas. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, this... Um, he 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 got these. He went on these sites and uh, and uh, he had a girlfriend and she was sending pictures back and forth. But uh, little did he know that I was being monitored. And uh, when I was being monitored, they pulled me in the office at work and they asked me, you know, they have to do something. Either press charges against him for the rest of his life, he would be labeled as a sex offender because the girl that he had pictures of on his iPad was underage. And so he was underage, you know, 16 years old, or they can, I can resign my position. And I chose to resign my position because these, uh, I don't know if these conversations that I had with him went left or, or, or not. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But when it comes to our son, you know, our sons, what are we really trying to instill in them? When we had this birds and the bees conversation, are we taking it to the level where we're talking about, you know, this is when you should do it, or you shouldn't do that, or you should do this. You know, I'm not, you know, because the way my dad did it, he just he just asked me, was I doing this? And I said, you know, I'm thinking about it. And he gave me, he, he said, you know what you're doing? Just here's how to I, prevent it. I just have a question about that. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, like your son was underage too. So how does that work? They're both underage. He shouldn't be like charged with anything. Well, the the charges happened because of a, a a situation in Philadelphia. They passed that law because one young man uh, sent the pictures of his underage girlfriend across the airways to the rest of the schoolmates on Instagram. So now they can they can bring charges. Uh, to these people who do that, so they, that's what the, the law was created around that incident, and that caused the girl to have suicidal thoughts. I think she even tried to commit suicide. But you know, um, but that's what that led up to. That's why the law in Maryland is is wrapped around um, any teen who put out any pictures; those charges can be brought against them. Last time I checked, this was America. Oh yeah, this is America. Where are you calling from? about telling us we can't send naked pictures to teenagers. Okay. Well, so what kind of conversations do we need to have with our sons to not to not veer them in, in this direction of chaos? Because now it can get us in trouble or we can maybe, get involved with Maybe we should, like, get, like, basically, like, have them not sitting on the Internet all day. Maybe they need to go out and, like, yeah, lay for real, you know, not actually like sitting on the uh, iPad and that stuff. 
Say that one more time, because I didn't, I, I didn't hear you. He's gone, bro. Go ahead. Pick it up. Pick it up. Hello? He's gone. Pick it up. Keep it moving. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to try. I would try. I would, you know, I would suggest trying to, and this is my only my suggestion when, the, when I try to bring Christ into it. It doesn't work when they're not when they're not in Christ and their friends are not in Christ. You know, I can't bring that in their in their mind because they think that oh you you know you just married and you're just gonna say that because you're married already. But what are we supposed to tell these children to do with these hormones because they do have them? Hello. Yeah, we're still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. we can hear you. Mm-hmm. I think but, I the mean, thing that they got these hormones, but you just got to be able to uh, articulate to them that uh, you need you need to have patience. Have patience. Yeah, I. Sounds like an arcade. Can you mute them? Just did. Done. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, so, so... So... Go ahead. I think that we have to, as men... Yes, hello. This is the Block Talk staff. We just had a message for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got that? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. Done. I think, I think that we need to remember back, as men, when we were that age, if we could... And remember what method was used for us to curb that appetite. Um, times change now. Now we're more tech savvy. We have we have things like iPads. We have the internet. You know, some of us had the internet back then, but we have text messages, Instagram, all that kind of stuff that can actually get us in trouble. But I think that the message is still the same. You know, I think like what Darren was talking about, there is some dire consequences if you do send underage pictures across the Internet, even if you're underage. I get that. But I think that when we're talking to them, we have to we have to still be that same familiar person and say, man, I used to do this when I was your age, and this is how I dealt with it. You know what I mean? You got to still come down. You got to still get that common ground to get that respect. Because when you come at them like, don't do this and don't do that, you know what I mean? That's when you're going to get the backlash. And they're going to look at you like, yeah, you're just being a parent and you're supposed to say that. You know, so we've all been there. We've all done it. We've all got to the point where, yes, we probably hid in the closet and looked at a Sears and Roebuck magazine or some kind of magazine where there was a lady in a bra or Victoria's Secret or Playboy or whatever the case may be. Like I said, it's just different now, but we can't act like we're above it when we're talking to our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Anybody else? Because that's really that's that's really scary because you don't know how to, you know, as a father, you don't know how to address the situation when you know that it's going to backlash and it's going to come back to you and say, you know, well, how old was you when you first had sex? 
you know, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what, the question. The, I, I'm trying to understand, Darren. What's what's the problem? What's what's what, what what's what's the situation? Help me understand. No, this is this is a general. This is a a wide situation. It's not my situation. I mean, I'm going through some of this stuff, but um, but I was trying to. I'm trying to help other people as well deal with this thing too, as I'm trying to help myself because it's coming down my pipe too. You know, um, you know, just just with anything in general. You know, and Dale was allowed to drive when he was 15. Why you not gonna let me drive or put me behind the wheel and trust me? You know, everything is is predicated off of what the previous child did. You know, right. everything is, and that's why, and that's why you have to explain to your kid like I did. You know, these kids lie, and you know they try to manipulate you too to do something that they can't do themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the main thing. I mean, these these girls these days in school, man. They, they, these kids in these schools, man. There's something else, man. It's, it's, you know, it's it's amazing what peer pressure, what these kids are facing now, versus what we yeah. face. I mean, the, the, the pressures in school now is that um, the thing in the school now is like oral sex is not sex. Hmm. I mean, I'll I mean, take I one even better. All these rappers talking about popping a molly. So now these kids, you know, now the main thing is talking to them about ec- ecstasy. You know, hmm. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like T.R. was saying, I mean, the worst thing we did was sneak and watch looking at a penthouse or the label. Now we got to talk to these kids, these teenagers, 15, 13, 13, drugs, drugs to have. Mm. So, so let's say, go ahead. No, I'm saying go ahead. No, well, let's say, you know, you, you gave your son permission. You know, because you couldn't stop them anyway. I had I had friends like that who who had parents that's like, you know, hey, I can't stop you, so the only thing I can do is offer protection, you know, or, or some kind of protection. And that that was their uncle being a father, or that was their older brother being a father. Because a lot of a lot of the times, you know, kids wasn't they didn't have their parents when I was coming up, myself included. But I've heard, I've heard of this approach, and I don't agree with it. I, I I I think just laying down and just saying, okay, here's your protection. You know, I've told you what to do, what not to do. All right, go ahead. I would rather say, okay, I am telling you not to have sex, but I know that I can't control you. So since I can't control you and you're going to do what you want to do anyway, I'm going to get you some protection. But keep in mind, if you do have some consequences that come behind you having sex, we're going to deal with that. I would rather take a more stronger approach on it. You know what I'm saying? So they always know, so they always know where you stand on the subject. Just because I'm making sure you get this protection, it's not an admission of it's okay. I think it is. And, you know, I... I guess early in my marriage, um, probably before I had any children, um, I thought that same way. And I guess I received a revelation. Um, but it's really, 
I mean, if you, you're going to send one message or the other, you know, and, you know, my message to, you know, my two daughters and my one son will be, you know, it'll it'll be simply, you know, don't have sex until you're married, period. You know, so it won't be, um, you know, tailored to, you know, don't do it in my house, don't do, don't do it in, in, you know, in, in my bed or anything like that. It will be simply put as don't have sex in, until you're married, period. And I think that, you know, passing the condoms or, or, or getting the young young ladies on birth control right after you say that, I, I think to a child it sends a mixed message that, okay, my dad said not to have sex, but here I am in a doctor's office getting uh, my birth control prescription. What do you need birth control for when you're not having sex? You know, so, I mean, my approach, and that's just, you know, my approach. And, again, you know, my younger day, I thought about it differently, but now the message is clear-cut, and I don't run from it. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, and if they have sex, that's that's a choice. I think Ike said it best. You know, they're not walking around with handcuffs and chastity belts on. So if they make the decision, you know, to have sex, that, that's on them. That's the, and, and the consequences, um, you know, they will face. They will face. Because Daddy said, "Don't have sex," you know. Because condoms break, birth control fails, you know. So, my message is going to be consistent. So there will be no purchasing of the condoms, or they, they, now there will be some scared straight of, you know. Now this is what you what's going to happen if you don't deal with Daddy. You know, some, some show him some some pictures, and we'll do some research on on. Uh, Curable or non-curable STDs and the like, you know. So we will do some of that, but I'm not going to say, you know, the condoms are there if you need them. The birth control is there if you need them because my message is, you shouldn't need them if you follow my rules, my my guidance. That's what's up. But you know, some of it, I, I you know, I was raised in some projects, you know, in Georgia, and um, and a lot of the rules. For, for the girls to not have sex was they just was told not to have it, and then they went out and did it, and they got pregnant, and the moms end up saying, well, you can't go out and kill the baby, so I guess I'm going to babysit, and you're going to take care of this baby. Is it really realistic? Is that a – I mean, I know some people who never heard of that. Is it really realistic to expect a child to go to school and expect the, the 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 father of the baby to work, stop going to school, stop his career or whatever he got going on for his life, his life pattern, and and take care of a child that that has came into the world, and neither one of them know they knew what they would doing they was doing to get it, but they didn't know the results the true results of what it would be of the full outcome. So is it really realistic of our expectations? But you gotta let go of that chain, man. Darren. I mean, that's the problem. Is that if they want to act grown, you're gonna have to be grown. There's a lot of people. That's what a lot of parents think of. It's like you want me now to take care of not only you but your your child, so you can go and do exactly what you want with no still with no responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we get in trouble. And um, and then the boy gets all free. He's in school, and we need him to better himself so he can take care of his child six, seven, eight years down the line. 
it doesn't work that way, man. If you you know, and, and that's why I tell my kids, if you want to act grown, then you're gonna be grown. I'm gonna treat you like a grown person. Because you can't keep bailing them out, even though you love them to death. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're gonna instill the best that you can in them, but they're still a child of God, and they still, you know, you know, have to go through those those trials and tribulations themselves. How old is your your kids again, Peter? Mine's fourteen and eleven. Oh, okay, okay. And Tony, so you're, right and at, do you got? Go ahead. I'm right at that danger stage, you know, where you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we've had that talk multiple, multiple times with both uh, our child. I got one girl and one boy. Boy is eleven. Daughter is fourteen. And mm. so, the only thing that you can do is you can't you can't monitor my, you know, twenty-four hours a day. Is is you know with a little fear and 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 doing just like Rodney says like look there's no sex before marriage um, here's why but you know, you know here's one of the reasons why here's the typical birth, you know fortune and then here's 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 the prime example because we give our kids everything they they be like oh you know I made a mistake. That, you know, my parents would take care of. Oh wow! I don't, I don't want that to end up happening. Mhm. Well, you know, sometimes it can't be helped. You know, um, in some situations, even though you put the rules out, and and the baby ends up coming into the world, what do you do? You know. What are what are, are you as a grandparent now going to allow your child or your grandchild to suffer, or are you as a parent now is going to allow this child to or this new grandbaby to stop your daughter or your son from continuing their education? Are no. you as the grandparent? You're are the you grandparent as the grandparent? Is the grandparent. You sh- you just got to make sure you you stay in your lane. You have to say, all right, you made this. But now you need to you need to now put your priorities in place and and you have to still get your homework. I'm still recommending you know, you're still going to school, you still gotta take the baby. It's like going to work. Work is school. You know what I mean? It's like if you was if you was grown, work would be you 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 provide your kid with daycare and you go to work every single day. And then when you come home it's one hundred percent your responsibility to make sure your kid is fed. Clothed, nurtured, and and mm. and you cannot take the lead. You still have to allow them to go through those trials and tribulations. It goes back to what I said earlier. If you want to be grown, then you're gonna act grown, and you're gonna have grown responsibilities. Your childhood has ended. No more, no more free time. Tough luck. Tough love, talk to him. But what is your, but, I mean, you can say that, but when a child comes into the world that, that didn't ask to come here and your child is 15 and 16 years old, you know, this, this, is, this, this is not something that you want to, to see your, your daughter or your son stop going to school for. 
So somebody, don't nobody got no money. That's what they say. We don't, we don't have any money to, to, to have a babysitter to watch this infant. So somebody has to stay home and, and take care of this child. Well, the, well, and, the problem is, is that um, in school these days, it, teenage pregnancy has gotten so bad. And a lot of schools these days, they have schools with daycare in them where they bring kids to school with them. Hey, do you all agree with that? Do you all agree with that? And I know exactly what uh, the brother's talking about, but do, do you all agree with that um, philosophy of having daycare at the school for the, the, the teenagers that get pregnant in high school? Do you agree or disagree no. with it? I disagree with it, but, you know, it was still shocking to me to know that they got daycare for teenage parents in school. What's the alternative, though? No daycare. Take them out of school? Well, no. Um, so, I mean, so what do they do? That, you know, I think to Darren's point is that they don't have to stop school. You know, they may can do a limited schedule or something. You know, or they might have to, you know, quit school and come back and get their GED or whatever. But I think going back to what, you know, P-Town said is that your childhood is over. You know, you, you have a, a child of your own to take care of, and the rules have changed. The game has changed. So you're not going to, you know, go to hang out or the parties or whatever it, it is that teenagers without kids do. Um, that's really not going to happen or it shouldn't happen, you know, anymore because that teenager has a responsibility of their own now. So I think the game has changed and, you know, the goal is that they stay in school absolutely and, and try to figure it out. But they may have to take a leave of absence, may have to, um, you know, repeat a grade, you know, but all of these are consequences, you know, to – their actions, you know, and I think a lot of times in, you know, this world is that we try to um, shield our, our children from consequences. And I know I, I do it on a small level, you know. Um, my kids are young, but, you know, I won't let them, uh, you know, make a mistake here on a homework assignment or whatever. I kind of, you know, shield them from, you know, that small failure. But it's, you know, on a grander scale is that they have to, you know, just like, you know, I grew up and experienced some things and, you know, and, and learned my lessons. I mean, they have to learn the hard way. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's what happens when when a teenager has a child. It, it gets it, – things have things are definitely going to change. You know, that's all I'm saying. So the, the hope is that they continue their schooling and their education, but the reality is that they may have to fall back and schedules have to be – they may have to pick up a part-time, you know, and go to school part-time or – you know, whatever the game, you know, whatever the, the whatever needs to be done, you know. But I think that the priority now is the child, you know, that that's here. And as Darren said, they didn't ask to be here, but they're here, so you just got to deal with it. You got to make do, and you know, it is what it is type deal. Play the cards. You I got dead. you. I hear you. But what you're saying is contradicting. And let me say um, why I say that. You said if the priority here is the child. So why are we going to delay the parent from from graduating on schedule to get into the workforce? So you're saying that because she's pregnant, we're not going to 
display that to the schools because we got to think about the other students in the schools. I get that part. So then we'll 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 get a GED later. We'll 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 hide them. They'll get a GED later if they do, because once they get pregnant, a lot of times and they go into the whole motherhood thing. They just some of them don't come back. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. So so so. Um, if the child is the priority, then the pregnant or the mother should be the priority as well. No. And I, I don't mean hide them, you know, again. My goal is that... Well, that's what it is. When you tell them, don't come back to school, or you say, okay, I got you, you know, you can still graduate on time. And what we're going to do is we're going to provide daycare for your child so you can graduate on time and go be a parent. Or say, don't come back. You're a disgrace to the school. And we no, don't want the other kids that. to, you know... Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. I'm not saying kick them out of the school. I think that's, uh, you know, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that continue your schooling. Be eight, nine Where? months pregnant. And continue to take classes. You know, if at all possible. I'm just saying that after the kid gets here, that's when things may change. You know, but I'm not saying you know the you know put a scarlet letter on them and ban them from the school. And uh, I'm not saying that at all. Continue your education. That should be the goal. Okay, but, 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 but you keep stopping. You say continue your education, but what happens when the baby gets here? Right. And that's where somebody has to keep the baby. And you can't put that responsibility on the school. As Darren talked about, they're grandparents. So you're saying let them figure it out once the yeah. baby gets here. Absolutely. Or before the baby gets here. Don't wait until the baby gets here. Figure out a plan before the baby gets here. Absolutely. So if there is no plan and the only option that they have is to stay home and babysit their child, then what? Then that's the the plan. Then that's that's what has to happen. But then that turns into a bad plan. That that turns into a failed plan. I mean, right. I mean, think about it. Cause then that's the same thing that you said. Well, we're not going to put a scarlet letter on them. We're just not going to give them any assistance. So then they, you know, so they definitely won't graduate on time. I mean, I understand the situation that happened. The mistakes happen, and we're not going to say that's a mistake because God don't make mistakes. But things happen that shouldn't happen, or prematurely happen. But anyway, nonetheless, people still need to keep moving. And when you take that ability away from them, then I don't know. I mean, I, what do you I think, Gary? The cash twenty-two. It's really not because here's the thing: is that there are schools without daycare where kids uh, continue their education and graduate on time because yeah. they figured it out. You know, grandmama or granddaddy or uncle, somebody stepped in. They pull together whoever, and I'm, I'm not saying that everybody has that situation where they have grandparents, they have uh, family members, friends that step in and make sure that that kid graduates on time and gets their education and, like you said, keeps it moving. That's not, I mean, everybody doesn't have that situation, but that's, I mean, that's just life, you know. So we can't, you know, every kid that gets pregnant, we can't expect, you know, them to have uh the resources, but at the same time, we can't shoulder the responsibility either 
for every kid that gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. But it's like a catch twenty two at that point because you want you want your child to the one that had the baby to go ahead and finish school, and you Absolutely. want to support that, but you also don't want to support abortion, and and you want to you know hey here's your responsibility, you need to figure it out, but if she was so immature to have sex before she was supposed to or he was supposed to, then how are you going to expect them to have uh, to carry that responsibility as a parent and they don't even know how to do that? That's, you know, you kind of, what what they call it, sink or swim? Some people yeah, but start they're, they're swimming. They're swimming in your house. Yeah, and that's fine. That may be, I mean. No, that, it's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because Why not? because now not now the burden still the burden still falls on the household of the irresponsibility of that child that had sex and had a baby. So it's it's not really fine because you know we we in a we in an area or in a society that it, it has to be a two parent household that's working. Nine times out of ten, that's how the child got pregnant because the parents are both working. Mm. Mm. You know. Hey, can I offer a suggestion? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Uh, this is this is classy in Atlanta. So uh, I share with the gentleman that uh, I had the child that DNA showed was not mine and what happened. All right, so I feel free. I can talk here. I, I trust. I trust the gentleman here. So here's the thing. This child, under the guise of assuming I was the father, reached out to me at 14, right, hanging out 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, this is supposed to be a Christian household that she's growing up in, but it's, Christ- it's selective Christian, selective to them. And so the child ran away one day, ran away pregnant at 14. And so, most of us men understand that's a reaching out moment, you know, blah, 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 blah. The thing um, I tried to share with that child in that moment, under the suspicion that she wasn't mine, I tried to make it a teaching moment for her. So I filled her with information about what was happening and what the future holds. And I didn't try to scare her, but I tried to give her information on how hard she's going to have to work now from the bottom up because people did not protect her from the situation. So the brother that was just speaking, I understand your concern, but I would invite you to think about a teaching moment for whomever the child may be to get them in the thought process that the umbrella is not going to always be over their head. And they need to take this moment to, even as a child, to look at the future possibilities and what this one moment has done. Because it's just like a brother shooting a gun or selling his first crack rock back in the day. Somebody said to him, that wasn't right. He done made it to maybe an ounce or kilo. He thinks back to that one moment. You know what, man? I forgot why I even got up in there. And he got an option. So I would just advise 
make it a teaching moment for the child and not so much of the parents, what's going to happen on the household. Because if you get the child to realize, then I think it's better in the end for the child. Good words. Good words. So, so the so the the fix here that that you, um, Mr. Classy, you you state that it should be a conversation prior to the the, the incident of having sex, or you know the um, the choice to have sex for a child to have sex. It should be a, a, a in depth conversation prior to, but more so after. After the mistake has been done, you give the person the option to see their future without your umbrella. Because, see, that's the thing for a child. Like, I used to be a young dope dealer, okay? When, when my parents, I've been a 3.8 honor student since kindergarten, but I did not have the support of my parents, oddly enough. So, in turn, feeling powerless, I turned to guns and dope. And because I was pretty good at it and smart about it, I was able to survive California with no uh, jail record at all. Point is, my brother-in-law, both of my brother-in-laws actually, but my one brother-in-law who I really didn't get along with, he gave me the best information, which was basically you got to get your situation straight or go full into what you're doing. And he said that as he was buying a, a, a ounce of weed from me, but it was the it was the most serious conversation that even recently, a couple of years ago, I I uh, uh, acknowledged him in front of his children. Johnny gave me the best, most direct conversation I've ever had. And 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 you know, so so my so my advice is not so much before because that's our perfection as how we had, would have preferred the situation to have come out. My suggestion is put strength in the information of the child after the wrong thing has been done. Same thing as a, as a boy in jail. And you like, son, you done messed up. Own this and move forward in a better situation when you got Because we're going to cover you, but the umbrella ain't always going to be there. So do what you need to do now. Because one day we'll be gone. He has got to know that. Otherwise, well, they, they, somebody yeah, always do that. Well, they they need to know that, and and I and you are hundred percent correct. But the effect of that conversation, I wonder how effective that's going to be after the child get into the routine of having everybody else watch their child while they're in school or they're at work. You know, why would you um, do that? Well, you, you, like like you like uh, Rodney said earlier, I'm trying to uh, make sure that it's successful you know, on every on every block. I'm trying to make sure her career or his career is not fully you know preoccupied with this baby because they do have to set some kind of goals for themselves, like finish high school and get a job and go to college. Because somebody got to watch the baby while. Mom's at work. Somebody has to watch the baby while mom's at school. Somebody has to give something up to take over the responsibility 
of this young baby, and you don't want to trust anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm but isn't that right. what grown folks' responsibilities are? You got to do that if it was just your child, right? Yeah, you it's, do it's, have. It's better for that child to cry early rather than cry later. I would give that child as much weight to tears as possible because you have an umbrella. You have a trampoline for them to fall on. They need to know the severity of life without the umbrella. You may possibly may do the individual a disservice by giving them too much of a trampoline. Because if God just removed y'all right now and y'all went to glory, then what? The child is used to being covered. And I know you you you're right. You're right. It it all sounds good like it's laid out on the book and that's how I imagine, you know, my life to be. I imagine Rodney imagine imagine his life to be, hey, all I'm gonna do is lay down the law, lay down the rules, tell them no sex, don't give them no condoms, no birth control, contraceptives, none of that. And they just not gonna do it. That's a perfect world. That really is. You know, it, it's kinda it's, unrealistic. It's, it's kinda unrealistic. Even right. when you're saying it, you know what I mean? Because there's no incidental, no incidentals. You're not setting yourself up for the what ifs. You know what I mean? And like I've said before in this show, you guys that have daughters that are young and they meet their first boyfriend, he's going to be daddy. Mm-hmm. If you didn't do everything possible to instill that 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 trust, that love, that whatever she's looking for, he gonna be daddy, and whatever he say is gonna go, and that's who you gonna be competing against. And well, nobody on this phone is exempt from it, you know. So you know, if we got a little holes, a little chink in our armor, we gotta be prepared for that time. Yeah, but I think that saying that it's unrealistic is a defeatist attitude. No, and it's a realistic attitude. So what we're saying is that we cannot successfully raise, um, in 2013, we are incapable of raising a virgin that saves themselves, whether that be a little boy or a little girl. We are incapable of raising them to be virgins until they, they say, I do. Is that what we're saying? No, that's not. You're putting so many words in t Hawk's mouth. t He is, he is. <laughs> I'm not I mean, asking a question. I, that was I a mean, question. You, that was you, a question. You, no, no, you're not. You, 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 you're stacking. It's like you're playing Uno. You're stacking <laughs> on top of it. Stop, stop. Let's, 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 lay one, let's lay one card down at a time. Okay. Go ahead. Only Go ahead. Lay them down. Was, oh, no, I'm just saying the only thing he said was is that the plan is rigid. It's a rigid plan. There's no variance. There's no wiggle room. There's no gray area. No. You don't plan for a gray area. What do you I mean? mean because I, 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 I don't understand that. Okay, uh, well, you, I know, right now. What, hold on. I, we know I you think know. that what y'all are saying is that that I don't expect. Um, I think that what y'all what y'all are saying is that I lay down a rigid law that my children are not gonna come home pregnant or, or you know or you know so I'll be. I mean, it it, it happens. So I. I'm, I'm just saying no, you that just answered I your would, own question. 
But it but it doesn't always happen. That's what that's what my question was. Is that so we're incapable? I'm gonna stack it up again. We're incapable of raising virgins until they say I do. Is that what we're saying? Not incapable. Not incapable. You you try and you hope and pray. You end up where with the virgin that doesn't have sex until they're married. That's what you try for. You strive for that. You, you try for that. I mean, you like the Redskins. I mean, they 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 get ready for a game. They record is three and nine, but they still gonna try to go out here and win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't just throw in the towel. And then if they you don't have right. to lose. And then if you right. have one child to get pregnant before they get married, that don't mean you give up on the other two. Mm. Right. Right. So yeah, no, no. That's not what we say. Yeah. See, you have to get out in front of it. And to me it sounds like you're not out in front of it. It sounds like you are saying, Well, it ain't gonna happen. Because I'm crossing my, 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 my T's and I'm dotting my I's and I'm making sure that they're educated and that they know. All these things are great. But at the end of the day, we're not in control of it. We and, want to and be. I think, and I think, like, that's where we, and, and that's why I enjoy the show a lot, because I get to reflect off stuff I hear that you guys talk about as married married guys. But therein lies the challenge to always look at self and say, you know what, worst case scenario, could I have done better? And just like the brother was just mentioning, if you're in a state of, but I calculated this, but I I planned for that, but I, and that's what makes us better as men, I think, is that we're able to adapt to the situation at hand if it flipped right then and now, some of us will get emotional for a second. Some of us get emotional for, for for a couple of weeks. And some of us won't get emotional at all. They're like, okay, plan C. Well, baby, uh, what happened to plan B? Hey, I'm shooting straight to C because just in case. Mm. And, that's what I, and that's what I'm hearing guys say. Jump to plan C. Have a plan C. Don't just, At least have one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have a plan B. <laughs> have a plan C. Maybe even a plan D. But have it. Don't be on plan A with no backup. I'm not saying that. I think what, I think that uh, I'm just saying that plan A, if you don't follow plan A, I'm going to have to jump to plan to B or C. It, I mean, there's no way around it. So let me ask you a question. Your daughter gets pregnant at 16. What's your plan C? Hmm. We're going to figure <laughs> it out. We're going to figure it out, period. We're gonna have, I'm going to okay. be a grandfather, and we're going to figure okay. it out. And, 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 Rodney, I have no doubt that you will. You will figure it out. See, yeah. my daughter got pregnant at 17, still in high school. Mm. And for me, it was kind of like when I got the news, and some of you already know this, when I got the phone call, um, it was kind of like, Having, uh, how do you say this, uh, internal organ surgery awake mm. 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 while you're wow. awake. Mm. It's like open heart surgery while you're awake with mm. no pain medication. Um, man, that was my youngest one at the time. Oh, man. 
So, so, so you have to, you know, I had to immediately say, okay, I need to get off this phone for two seconds. I'll call you right back. Hmm. Because in my wildest imagination, I never thought that I would be having that conversation. You see what I'm saying? So it takes you to a pl- it takes you to a very unfamiliar territory because you felt as though, like I felt as I was this this this, this good father, always there for my daughters, always taking care of my daughters, always working and sacrificing and doing all these things to show them this is what a man's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then that happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you're sitting there like. What do I do now? You know? But again, the plan B is the most effective plan because plan A was for that not to happen. So now plan B, people are watching. What's he going to do now? He's going to kick her out? What's he going to do? Kill everybody in the in, kill everybody <laughs> in, the, in the town? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. you know, you, I mean, you, yeah. you laugh, but you think, you know, who's involved, yeah. who let this happen? You want to blame everybody? You want to get your gun? You want to start shooting up stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. you, it, it's just because that, because that's your little girl. She, mm-hmm. she ain't only having sex, but now she's getting ready to come a mother. And then you got people. I have people telling her, "Well, you know, you can't have this baby. You need to have an abortion." Mm, 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 You feel me? She-Hulk. T Hawk. Yeah. Did did you know did you were you aware of the boy when she got pregnant? Did you know who the boy was? Or was she, he an She actually told me who it was. It was it was somebody that she was dating at the time. But you, you didn't know, know. I hadn't met him, I don't think. I hadn't met him at the time. No, you didn't meet him because I was like you want to meet him together? Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have been something. it wouldn't have been pretty. You know what I mean? And then and then and then and then that's another element. That's my biggest fear. That's yeah, a, that's share. a fear. I that is a legitimate fear. That's my that's fear element. is that if something does happen and I know the boy in the moment I find out yeah. I gotta yeah. go kill somebody's child. Yeah, yeah. And that's and then you can't See, and that's that plan W right there. <laughs> That's the W, because yeah. you still got to be there. You still got to be there for, for for the babies, plural. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? Here, here's the weird thing I, I, I wanted to share with you guys that was kind of ironic to me. And see, I hear you guys saying, you know, the guy, you know, uh, had to beat him up. But what if, as in the case with this uh, this, this this child that is mine, what what if it's all on the child? Yeah, here's, she's the aggressor. Here's what happened. Here's what happened with, with this particular situation. So she's 14, going into 15, and she's pregnant, and she ran away, right? And I'm all the way in Atlanta, and this is in California, so she ran away, and I, she, she was at a motel with a dude. And, you know, I'm a caring dude. You know, so my heart goes out. You had a motel, you know, ran away. These people who are calling themselves Christian, and you've heard me say it on y'all's show many a time, it ain't just about being right. It's about trying to help the situation. And so when people just want to control things and be right, 
I can quickly identify that you're not trying to help the situation. Because prior to this, I tried to have a conversation with this mother. Hey, look, I ain't know nothing about this. We need to have a DNA test. The woman never called back. And I felt I shouldn't have to pressure this child to make a grown-up get on the phone and hold a conversation. And I'm talking to the person just like I'm talking to you, because I'm not mad. Let's deal with facts. I'll pay for it. Let's rock. So the, the, the issue was basically she slept with a guy younger than her. There ain't no manipulative boy at this point. She's the manipulative one. Then to top it off, the boy has some type of condition at 13, going into 14, where he gets SSI. Mm. Okay? So there's nobody to beat up here. There's somebody being misused. So some way, somehow, his mother is getting money from his SSI. And after everything's said and done, guess what the mother of this girl who's pregnant goes to do? And this is why I say to you guys, I'll be glad the day they remove the power for women to do this. She takes this child at 15 down to file child support against the 13, 14-year-old that's on SSI. Mm. So they can get a piece of his SSI money. This is, wow. this is why I say to you guys, I am not a hater of women. I grew up with five sisters and a mother. Love them. They crazy, but I love them. But I vote for male things that interest males because the female thing has gotten so outrageous now. And so, you know, I fly down there to take care of my business and all that, and they tell me, and I'm not hating on them, I'm just sharing with you guys. They tell me, hey, even if this DNA test comes out, it's not yours, we can't get the money back from the mother that you've already put in, we can stop the payments, you're going to have to civilly sue her. My point in saying all this, gentlemen, if I hear you guys talking from a standpoint of I did all this, I made this investment with my little girl, but I only share my story to remind y'all it could be worse. So yeah. see, recognize she could be the one that pushed the sex issue. There's nobody to beat up. The whole thing I'm yeah. trying to share with you guys is fix the problem so that the child learns as opposed to being coddled. That's just a suggestion. Yeah, that's good word. Right. Good word. Yes, Great sir. Word. One thing um, that, that, that I speak from this uh, this um, experience of, you know, my my daughter and, this, and how I got custody of my grandson, you know, plan B was to, hey, we're going to, We'll we'll babysit during the day while you complete school. We'll babysit in the evening while you go to work, you know, um, because the only other alternative was uh, CPS take the child. Well, is it, yeah, CPS they they take the child and um, and they keep the child until the mother at least get the education. Um, and and our and our daughter was twelve in the twelfth grade, uh, you know. My my wife's daughter, she was in the twelfth grade going to school and when she got six months pregnant they commenced to put her out of school because they didn't want her to get hurt. They suggested that she go to an alternative school that could um you know, that could you know, that had services for 
um, you know, soon-to-be mothers. And uh, and that was so far out of the way that, you know, it was like, you're going to have to, you know, have this baby and, and you're going to have to take care of the baby on your own. But the problem was we had to sacrifice and say, okay, we have to, one of us got to stop working. And unfortunately, that was my wife. But, you know, our daughter continued to take advantage. You know, she said, okay, i got to go to work today. And, you know, I go up there to take her, her purse because she left it in my truck or something, and she ain't there. Mm. But we at home with this crying, colicky baby and, you know, trying to get some sleep after doing a 12-hour mid-shift. And it's like, okay, I'm sacrificing, but then when I get home, well, when I get ready to take her her lunch money or whatever, she's not at work. And I, you, you just feel you, so you're trying to help, but they still trying to have a life of, you know, let me kick it for a little bit too because I can't be locked down with this baby. I'm still a teen. I'm still, you know, I still got friends. I still like to hang out. But it can't. It's, I, I was adamant about my rules, you know, um, about my rules as a father to, hey, we're not taking care of nobody else's kid. That I was adamant about that. I was so adamant that, you know, it almost brought, you know, the D word up because I was mm-hmm. like, I refuse to take care of somebody else's children, you know. Um, but when that happened, it's like, okay, sink or swim, you know, either the baby going into a, a foster care system or the baby's coming home with you. Mm-hmm. And when you come to that choice, you got to go against your morals, you got to go against your rules, against your values, and you know, or have a bad have have a rest of your bad marriage because somehow the child being in foster care is your fault. Mm. You know, that's real. That's that's Plan W. Yeah, yeah Plan Z. <laughs> right. That's the end all. You can't do anything else but concede and, 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 you know, go against everything that you spoke about before you even got married. These rules were covered before we got married, that I was, we were not taking on any other kids. We're not taking on, we're not taking care of anybody else's children. Everybody who have babies, you raise them yourself. But we have custody of our five-year-old grandson. And you, you really said something. You said a mouthful there, and thank you for sharing, brother, because I think that, and going back to Tony's point, we have to have, you know, multiple plans. And I think that will be, you know, my stance will probably be where yours started, you know, that, you know, especially if they're, um, if they're you know, out on their own or whatever, and, you know, I would, be like, you know, we'll babysit, you know, we'll help you out, you know, here and there, but you're going to raise them. Um, but it gets to a point where that is really no longer an option because you see that, you know, the child is not mature enough to, you know, yes, there's a new priority and a new responsibility, but they're not they're not acting as such. And it comes down to a point, like in your case, where you have to take the baby. You know, which is a whole nother, you know, that wasn't in the original, in your original stance to, you know, 
you know, right out the gate. All right, you pregnant? You as soon as you had a baby, we taking it because you ain't ready to be a mother or whatever. You know, we just taking it because I know you. You ain't gonna show up to work. You know, you're not gonna do this. You're not gonna do that. So we just, you know, we're more responsible. We're just gonna take it. You know, as soon as the baby come out, we're just gonna take it and you know, peace out. You know, you you can come by and see your baby. You know, but it'll be our baby. You know, I know that wasn't your stance out the gate, but now. You know, things happen, things transpire, and I think that, you know, going back to Tony's point is that you really, you really, you got to have a plan, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. I mean, it's, you really can't have a, a plan B because it may not work out that way. You know, it may not be that, you know, that, that, that child has a baby and then something clicks, you know, and they just automatically they're responsible and they're making sure that, you know, the baby is well taken care of and they continue the education and they're working and all this thing. I mean, that's the ideal, you know, and it doesn't always happen. Monkey alert. Okay, go ahead. Monkey, <laughs> monkey wrench alert. This is probably going to be, I, you know, I have never thrown a monkey wrench out to you. Got this. I, 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 I need to learn from, from each one of you professionals on this. This, this is going to be painful. So you guys make sure you're sitting down. Okay. <laughs> I would prefer to hear for, hear an answer from everybody. That way I can get the full scope on how everybody perceives this. Right. Okay. Now, monkey wrench, it's your son. He's 15. The mother died in childbirth. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Are you? First of all, are you going to be as hard on, as easy on your son as you are on your daughter? But go ahead. Somebody. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to take that one. I'm going to try to take that one. And, and, and I think, it's, I think it's, it's a simple answer. And I think it's a simple answer because we raised him from birth to 15. And, yes, he had a hiccup, and I get that. And even if the mother didn't die, guess who would probably still be extremely instrumental in raising that baby? You anyway. So at that point, okay, now we've got to raise another one until he gets old enough. Until he gets old enough to take it over. You got to. That's family. That's family. You know what I mean? Regardless. Now that's your, you, you got a grandson from a fifteen-year-old. Are you up. still going to let him? Are you still going to let him have the? He's still a teenager type of scenario that the daughter. No, has? no, that's dead. That's over. That's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wait, why you gonna do it for the daughter and, and you can't do it for the? Uh, why you gonna do it for the daughter? You can't do it for the son. working. No, the daughter. No, no. Same for both of them. Oh, okay. The daughter, too. Oh, hell yeah. Life is over. There's no prom. There's no, no, there's none of that. No prom. Is anybody going to be harder on the son than they would the daughter? I'm harder on my son. Wow. I have to be. I have to be. Because um, if I'm going to kind of show him, mold him into how to be a, a, a good man mm-hmm. and a head of household, I have to be hard on him. You can't, you can't give him an inch because he'll take it. Guys know how to take it and run with it. 
You can't do it. It's, it's very hard. And then once you open that, that, that window, that's when they get free and, and do what they want. Mm-hmm. So if he brings home a baby, he needs to say, hey, all right, you want to be me? Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. You're going to be paying rent. You're going to make sure, you know, I'm going to make sure he gets everything he has done. Because, you know, one thing about boys is when they get lazy, mm-hmm. they quit. And one thing okay. I can't have him do is quit. Can, can, can I ask a question? Fear. It's not like a girl where you nurture her. You got to beat that fear out of her. I mean, you got to, you got to literally. He needs to understand that. Hey, you can't be scared. You can't take care of a family in fear. So, 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 respectfully, you don't think the little girl has the same instances to be lazy and. Right, and that's why I said you got it's tough love. You got you got to be both, but you got to be tough on him because he's a man. Oh, okay. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I said earlier, it's tough love on both sides, but you're gonna be tough on him because he's the man. And and then yeah. next thing you know, you know he, we got to go to court for child support. He missing court because you know he, his boys is telling him, you know, man, you know, f that girl, whatever. Well, 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 he ain't got no child support because the mother had a died in childbirth. So he yeah, ain't got to. Well, he I mean, ain't got that. Okay. But still, he needs to be able to support his child, even if it's not going to the court. He's going, you know, that's his. It's not mine. You know, I'm, I'm going to be there for him. I'm going to make sure he don't slip and fall. But it's harder for him because, you know, women have that natural motherly instinct, how to feed the baby, when to do that. It'll freak him out at the age of 15 because he doesn't have that instinct to get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and make sure the baby, you know, change the diaper. Yeah, I, I, let me, let me because, slip him You know, up, at uh, that uh, age, Mama's still doing everything for him. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you let know, me slip still got up. that nipple in his mouth and it drives you crazy, but... But... It is what it is. Let me, let me slip in a monkey wrench, you know, just on top of his. And that was a great monkey wrench, by the way. Um, and, you know, he said that the mother, would, you know, has passed, you know, died in childbirth. Um, it happens. And I'm going to be as safe with this as I possibly can, fellas. But what if, you know, baby's here and she's gone They've had the funeral, all those things. However, the word gets out that this young lady was a floozy. And it mm. may not even be your son's child. You know, and she may have been fast. He may have just been one that hit in a line of dudes that was hit. But you, Mr. Responsible, Mr. Head of Household, you know, they've said, well, you're the one that's going to, help this young, your son, you and him are going to help raise this child. We we think it's yours, but we ain't for sure. We I don't know if they're going to be DNA after the fact. But what if there's a question, what if there's a cloud of mystery around whether this new baby is even your grandchild? Can you I, know, can would I, you? I, go ahead, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Because yeah, I'm, 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 I've dealt with something like this in my family. Um, basically, um, you have the test, but you're not having the test 
to try to uh, put the baby off on the real father. You you have the test, so just in case there's something wrong with the baby, uh, kidney failure or something, you can, it's easier to find a donor, you know, someone you can reach out to. Uh, but the bottom line is, um, once that baby is here, you raise that baby. Mm. That's it. I mean, and, and that's the to consider to consider to put an innocent child that didn't ask to be here into the system is deplorable, in my opinion. Now, if the mother is gone, the mother done passed, there's no, I'm assuming there's no family, there's nobody else, and you know for a fact that if you don't take this child, this child will end up into the system in a foster home somewhere. No, That's honorable. That is take, honorable. We, we, we're, going to, we're going to take that baby, and that's what my family decided to do. And 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 that's a that's a that's a good point. Uh, you know, in, in my everybody, in my case, everybody, everybody ain't like that though. Everybody's different. I'm just well, you right. I mean, I I I don't. My argument into not taking custody of our grandson was, what is this going to teach her? You know. Is it going to teach her how to be a more responsible person? Is it going to teach her that if I get in the jam again, my mother and my my stepfather is not going to let any child that I have go into a foster system if they see me not in a situation uh, able to take care of these kids? Uh, their blame is somehow put on you. You know, right. it, it was like at that moment that we had two days to think, hey, uh, foster care, or you right. take them uh, two days after a lifelong time of me saying I would never raise somebody's kid. Two right. days I had to. It come down to my whole life in two days. I watched my that brother. I had to make a decision. But her, his mom right now, because I and this is for every fiber in my being, I believe she's in jail right now because she didn't have him. She went to jail last week. She's in jail right now because she's going to be in there for a while for a very long time she's going to be in there because she didn't have any responsibility to her child yeah you know I'm, 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 I'm going to play uh, uh, Mr. Solution hold on, hold on real quick hold on real quick let me say this I had a cousin hang four children on her mother and father before she finally overdosed and died mm. both mm-hmm. children I'm, I'm so what, play when, when, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I had a question I'm, about what I just said, but go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna play Mr. Solutions and Stan uh, uh, real quick. This is this is why these they don't say it well, but this is why these brothers are so frustrated in their passion when they call into blog talk shows because the same requirements that are of black men in some of these situations. The government daddy leads some ladies, some, to believe they don't have to. It's the same thing of the the couple that covers the daughter. It's the same thing of the couple that that covers the son. Some people, and this is why they are so 
animate about their woman this, woman that stuff. When it's the government daddy, even though we're not talking about that today, the government daddy says, girl, you don't have to be responsible. We're going to make sure somebody takes care of your situation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they get so adamant about is, is being frustrated in that. I just wanted to make that quick point. Mm. So do you think with – well, I got two questions. One originating from Ike's answer uh, or a comment, he said that before his buddy's sister had died or overdosed, she left her mother with four kids. Yeah, my cousin in Ohio, she... Uh, oh, your cousin. Yeah, she left her mom and dad, my uncle and aunt, four kids before she died, before she passed. Now, do you think that if her mother wouldn't have took the first child, first do you think she would have had another one and another one and another one? And then I, do you think that... Okay, go ahead. Do you think she would have continued to have kids if she would have had the responsibility of that one? It wouldn't have mattered to her. Okay, and do you think that she would have overdosed and 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 purposely not take care of her responsibility as a mother? I think I think the path that she had decided at a very young, very at an extremely young age. Um, I'm talking about like age eleven. Um, it was this she was going to have those four kids, and she was headed to oblivion anyway. Why you say that? It was just the choice that she made. From 11? Starting at 11, from the time I met her, I mean, she never obeyed her parents. Okay. You know what, let, let me uh, suggest this, because uh, uh, what this little girl has, has taught me a lot, because I've heard uh, maybe like four or five of her family members say the exact same thing, okay? Hmm. She doesn't want to listen to – now, this is just the example that I had interacted with. She doesn't want to listen to what her mother and father have said and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, I have a natural son, and, and uh, which is my son. And I've heard the similar conversation about him as well. Here's the, here's the, the point that both of them connect. The parents or the people on the outside think these things of the child when in actuality the child is screaming out for more than what the parents are actually given. In the case of, of the girl that is a mom and got pregnant early, she never interacted with her mother. She never interacted with her mother until just recently, four years ago, okay, where she got married to a Christian brother and, and what have you. So everything that the little girl is experiencing as far as family is brand new to her. So if the mother had the child's best interest at heart, if the grandmother had the child's best interest at heart, they would have reached out to whoever they thought the father was. And this is the point that I'm making even with the situations that we're talking about now. I want to see the fathers who people claim are always leaving and don't want to be – I want them to have the option to the kids. I want I want something on the books that says that first option is sharing. Second option, if you've got two or three baby kids, 
you need to give that father the option to raise his own child. If he's willing to sign up for it, and there's a lot of men who who who, who, uh, who will, it needs to be that because, and I know this is a little long-winded, I apologize, but because the children may be secretly hurting from things that we don't see that the parents are doing. These are supposedly Christian people that I've had to deal with. I had a very polite conversation with a gentleman on the phone who told me, well, I can't help you with that. Huh? This is your household, brother. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mm. You're supposed to be the Christian cat. Hey, look, mm. I'm coming at you. I said, can you get your wife to contact me back? Let's have a civil conversation and get this rectified. Mm. Huh? So you must understand. Now, mind you, I had somebody on Facebook who's a cousin of the little girl. Well, she don't like to listen. And I said to the little young dude via Facebook, brother, you don't understand. She may be reaching out for her father. Mm. And then he, even he had to say, oh, yeah, that could be it. So let me back up. I thought you was just wilding out. No, bro, mm. I'm a sensible dude. I just want to get stuff fixed. I want the truth. I don't like all this hiding and this hiding behind mm. the government. So, so that's my point, is that mm-hmm. even though she may have did that at 11, and I don't know, you may be absolutely right, the fact of the matter is sometimes the adults are not doing what they're supposed to be doing for the best interest of the child, and because we feel such a connection to the adults in many cases, even with my son, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, it doesn't help the child in the end, and the child goes around looking for options. Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm going to say this, Mr. Classy. You said that, you know, you wanted to meet, uh, uh, look at a statistic of the men that take on a responsibility in raising their children. Well, I got custody of both of my children from a previous marriage, and I am the, the, the alpha in the home, but I'm telling you, I know for a fact if they would be with their mom, I, I mean, it is very difficult by bringing them into a still a two-parent functional household, but one parent they don't respect because they're not the biological parent. And the the trials and tribulations that we go through or go through as a family of me trying to make them respect her and them trying to go against the grain and say, I don't have to, and, you know, being disrespectful, it is is a it's a huge challenge and trying to keep her in the mind frame of, hey, these are children, you're the adult. You know, and then her looking at them like, Hey, no, she she wants to buck at me like another woman or he wants to buck at me like he's grown, I'ma put him on his back like he's a grown man. So it's still tension, a lot of it, even if you do have the father, you know, doing all he can and supporting them. So, and I can just imagine how worse, how much worse it would be if they was on her instead of me. I, I think that the kids need to be with their father at a certain age because that's how they do it in the biblical times. You know, after the, after the child was weaned, they were with the father. But, you know, nowadays, you know, just the father trying to be, uh, you know, trying to raise the children and trying to be an example, it's harder. I'm going to tell you, it's harder trying to be an example and being on 
being a part of household stress, it makes my job easier to be a father, to hold to the rules that I know that I have to set forth for my family to be able to operate normally. But I'm telling you, it would not be a normal household if I didn't have this forum to 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 express my release because, you know, when I when I get off this phone, I know that I have a responsibility next Tuesday to come back and report something good. I don't want to report anything bad to say I just punched my – I couldn't take it. I just busted his mouth in because his disrespect was just too out of there. But they're, at the same time, even though they're breaking all the rules, they expect me to abide by the rules. Even though they're breaking all the rules of being disrespectful, they still expect the parents to be parents. But all the beauty of God, how the possibility of one day, maybe one day, that child looking back and said, I fought it, I fought it. A friend of mine said this, and I I remember when she said it. She said, I hated my stepfather because he wasn't my father. Mm -hmm. I hated him for years. She said, and it wasn't until I was 20 where I said to my mother, why do you keep defending him? She said, Mm -hmm. because he really loves you. She said, and it dawned on me. My real father did not do half of what my stepfather did. Wow. And and at 21, she did a big public family apology to him. And this is the beauty of the God thing, how in the moment, yeah, we're going through the stress, and one of the children ain't going ain't to have this beautiful acknowledgement, but the possibility for two or the possibility for one that's what mm-hmm. I cling to, even dealing with this little girl. Mm-hmm. Hey, that mm-hmm. You know, DNA pr- proves it. But I wanted to give her the option of having somebody to turn to when the time is right. Kind of like the brother said about bringing in the child that isn't yet. Hey, I wanted to get an option. So I just answered that situation by saying, hey, look, the possibility that down the road somebody will turn to your wife. I hated you, but I realized you loved me. Mm-hmm. And you just said a lot, brother. And if I might, Mr. Host, he, he just said a lot. I, if I may, can I drop a monkey wrench right on what yes, he sir. just said? Because he said a lot, and, you know, I, I hope you all are sitting down because... We're 15 days about to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And if you look at Mary and you look at the history, she was essentially an unwed teenage mother, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do the research, you know, but essentially... She was 15, 16. She was an unwed teenage mother. So, you know, the brother was talking about the stepfather. Joseph was essentially Jesus' stepfather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ike talked about bringing in a child that's not yours. Jesus was not his. But mm-hmm. I want to, this monkey wrench, I want to talk about Joachim. Joachim. Who? Who exactly, Darren? Who? Joachim. Mary's father. Now, I want you guys to just think. In 2000, let's bring it up to 2013. Now, Mary was not even having sex. She was a virgin. 
mm-hmm. immaculate conception. Mm-hmm. But yet, as Darren said, who was her father? Her father was Joachim. Mm-hmm. So just imagine, brothers, if you were Joachim, when you have your 15-, 16-year-old daughter, she's in a, a, a binding contract with Joseph. They're going to get married, but they didn't have the formal ceremony, and, and everything wasn't done. They were you know, going in that direction. However, Joseph didn't know her like that, didn't mm-hmm. sleep with her yet. But yet, imagine, put yourself in Joachim's shoes, where your 15-, 16-year-old daughter says, I'm pregnant. Why do you think mm. they had to leave? think they went on travel. They were going to kill somebody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because you look at the, if you look at the, the, the text, the history, there's not a lot of information about York. That's mm-hmm. why Darren was like, who? Who are you talking about? Yeah, that sounds like a Chinaman right there. Yeah. But y'all can do the research later. But I'm just saying that just imagine, this, I mean, that, that's kind of wild. Your daughter, you know, she you raising her right and everything, and she comes home, Daddy, I'm pregnant. What? You having sex? No. I haven't had sex. Well, Joseph hasn't touched me. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Go ahead. Anybody, anybody want to take that one? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great point, man, but the talk, I don't know what to say about that, man. That's that, that today she says I'm pregnant and I wasn't having sex, she lying. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. talk about it. it is what it is. It is what well, it is. That's, that's all right. I got to say true. about that. The, the, well, the only thing, uh, and Rodney, you, you write in my book, you know, um, and and I and I put that, I, know. I, I put that in there because, you know, you you gotta understand, Mary did not tell her father first, but if this situation, you know, because the angels came to Joseph, and told him that he has to go ahead and marry her, because before anybody found out that she had she was pregnant, he had to this marriage had to take place. Because during that time, the dispensation was they will kill her if she was an unwed mother, um, a, a, a woman that was a uh, uh, not a virgin anymore and going into marriage. They would have stoned her. So that's the reason behind uh, jo- the angel talking to Joseph instead of the angel talking to Mary's father. Mm. So Joseph had to make that decision to go ahead and go follow through with the marriage because he was, if you look, go back and look at it, he was trying to get out of it. He wasn't, he wasn't blasting her on Facebook or anything, but he <laughs> he was trying right. to quietly roll out because he yep. he thought he was done wrong. Right. And the conversation took place between them two. Uh, I, I don't think that angel could have went to the father and said that. Mm. You know, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think the angel would have, he, that that conversation couldn't happen due to the dispensation of the time then. Mm, so, you know, yeah, but if, if that was the case of the father, even today, you know, my daughter coming to me just telling me she's pregnant, I don't care who the father is. I'm, I don't know, you know, my dysfunction will kick in. Because I know as a father, you know you instill in them everything they're supposed to know. Especially the little girls. You, you, I mean, you look at your daughter now, Rodney. You see a two-year-old cute little bundle of joy. 
or how old, however old that they are. But that that same child that you're looking at, that's so you know still in diapers and daddy, you're my world. It's going to be 16 one day talking about boys. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know you can't fathom that right now because, but as Tony told you, you 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 like you're racing next to her or right beside her when you really should be far out front thinking of the worst. You, you should be thinking of the worst because you know that these children are not raised by the parents anymore. Their, yeah. their, 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 their mindset is, I want to be raised how my friend is raised. I want to have the same freedoms that my friends have. I want to be able to do and talk and text and stay up all night and eat what I want to and, and do all the things that my friends are doing. And that brings me to my monkey ranch, if nobody got anything else. Let me just say this uh, uh, real quick. That's why I brought up the situation earlier with the how would you treat your male child, because the reality is after she comes from up under Rodney and whatever teachings actually stick, then she's going to be of the world that tells her be like a man. Be more like an independent thinker. Don't expect to be treated right. Don't mm-hmm. expect to be excellent. And then, you know, whatever her parents have taught her sticks and whatever rubs off, rubs off because, you know, these young ladies are, 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 are thinking like I'm supposed to have. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to get. I had a client last week say the same thing to me. Well, a man is supposed to do that for me. Well, what are you supposed to do for a guy? Well, I'm not supposed to do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so, but go ahead with your monkey wrench, though. And 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 it's falling in line with the male child, like you were saying, Mr. Classy. Um, my monkey wrench is towards the individual who has had a son to, to come to him, or individuals that have their son to come up to him and say, "Hey, look." Uh, I want to experience sex with the same sex. I want to, uh, I think I'm gay. Uh, being based in this society today, it, it's, it's, it used to be nasty when we were kids. It used to be not unheard of, but you got this one person in your family that that's, that you knew that was going to be gay from birth because they act feminine or they act masculine. But now it's so normal. When I went to go pick my kids up from school the other day after after school activity, I seen two girls sitting in each other's lap. And I was like, um, and, and nobody, no facilitators, police officers, other students walked right past them, didn't say anything. Nobody said anything. And when my kids got in the car, I said, is 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 that two girls? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's uh, Maya and Tamia. I was like, I mean, I'm just giving out false names. I'm, yeah. Maya and Tamia. What? Yeah, they always do that. And it's becoming so much of a norm that the next generation or this current generation moving into the next, it's going to be more so of this type of things that we have to tackle instead of the, the conversation behind the birds and the bees. So, um if, if your brother don't mind sharing, what the what was the conversation like 
when your when your son and I'm only asking you this because you shared it before so but we never did go in depth as far as the conversation about your son coming up and saying hey dad I'm gay I like mm-hmm. dudes right uh, um well he told us well, via email. He, he told us via email because at the time he was living with his grandmother so me and my wife you know, after my wife pulled herself together. What do you mean, pulled herself together? Oh, she was she was done through the floor. So you didn't know, y'all didn't know anything. Uh, I I I speculated, but you know, it's it's hard to just tell someone, you know, hey, look, you know, I think I think he's, you know, I think he's gay. Because you know, it, it's not an easy conversation to have. So then, when he finally, you know, came out, you know, and told us. You know, I had to wait for my wife to get over the impact of it. And, you know, we had we had some talks about it. You know, obviously we talked about it. And so we just said, you know, um, we're going to love him regardless. And we're going to continue to teach him to be a upstanding young man in society. And, um, and, and, and that's it. It was a simple plan, but then when he got here, when he finally moved here, then I had to protect him from judgmental Christians because mm. a lot of his friends, you know, they're 18, 17, they're serious uh, right-wing Republicans. And, you know, they have to put it like that. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm, just I'm, I'm not. just a serious uh, Christian. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, but, but you know, they're, they're, they're they're new to me, you know, because they think they got it all, you know, but they only been on this earth seventeen years. But anyway, mm-hmm. um they told him, they told him he was going to hell. Mm-hmm. Still hearing he's going to hell. So then me and my wife we had to we became worried about because we noticed the change in his behavior because you know, he you know, he just had a breakdown to me because he's like, Why did God make me this way for me to go to hell? And mm-hmm. so we had to really monitor him and worry about him taking his own life. And so, you know, like we got a we got a strong network around him and some religious mm-hmm. people who's also helping him also and just, you know, keeping him keeping him motivated. And I know Rodney has met my son and I know uh if you meet him you wanna you wanna see the nice man of young man. You're not gonna see some dude wearing some freaking I mean, he, well, he won't be dressed like these rappers. The rappers not dressed more like women than anybody. Uh, but he won't be wearing a hey, thing. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. You, you breaking up a little bit, man? Uh, oh. Can we fix that, Rodney? Or? No. Uh, great young man, though. I have met him. Um, oh, okay. Great young man. Yeah. Uh, um, let me uh, interject about my son, because my son had the same scenario. But mm-hmm. I had a, a, a different result. <laughs> because luckily I got to take a bunch of psych classes and what have you. And so uh, in my psych classes, because uh, as I share with y'all, I used to be a counselor. So in my psych classes, uh, it was revealed to me, you know, a lot of people are not gay. A lot of people are over-sexualized, and they use their first gay experience as a blanket. Mm. And And... So I, I, I said to myself, a lot of people, 
there, there is something in, in psychology, and you can look it up on, on the net. It's called love sex addiction. Mm. And what it is is what we used to call nymphomaniacs back in the day, or people who love to have sex to cover up their issues. Men do it a lot too, okay, because a lot of us are not the pimps and players that we say we are, you know, and so therein lies the thing. But the theory is, and, and, you know, it's like some people have had traumatic childhood experiences. I had one guy at church, he had four children, married for 12 years, but he got molested by an uncle, and that, that seed was constantly in his head of him fighting or fighting these tendencies. Not like, brother, you're not fighting tendencies. You had a traumatic experience in your shelter, and everything that triggered, because there's something in psychology called triggers, everything that gives that that thing the trigger, you flash back to it. So my point is this, and I'm not trying to diminish nobody's gay experience because some people truly have committed to to the situation. But I tell all the pe- pe- people all the time, I wrote a paper on bestiality for my psych class, and I said there was a woman in England, she felt that she was born to marry her puppy. And I went through the paper describing this whole scenario. She slept with pigs, horses, all type of stuff. Because in her mind, and she died at 26, in her mind she felt that was the situation. But when you pulled away her onion of her story, you realized she had these issues watching her father beat her mother. She had these issues of abandonment from the father. And all she ever had was the puppy. So her first sexual experience was playing with the puppy's dingling. And it went from that to her letting the puppy sleep with her. Now, I know that all of this is gross, but I'm proving a point. The point is that in her mind, she believed she was born to marry animals and sleep with animals. So I say all that to say this. I said to my son, my son was like, you know, Dad, I'm gay, da 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 And I listened. I said, okay. And then uh, he told me about how it was growing up uh, without me because his mother kidnapped him. And how it was growing without me and all this type of stuff. And around eight years old, I mean, no, not eight years old, around eighth grade, some 36-year-old man slept with him. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And I was real calm about it. And then uh, he was like, you know, looking for a reaction because a lot of gay people look for a reaction. They want to be accepted and they want to look for a reaction. So I said to him, I said, I tell you what, because you've also interacted with girls, too. He said, yeah. And I said, let me share this with you. I said, most times people are not one way or another. They just love sex, and they run to sex like a guy runs to rims and gold chains to feel powerful. I said, why don't you go without any sex for two months, just two months? If you're able to do that, you'll still be gay. But I want you to realize something. If you find yourself looking on the Internet for gay porn, if you find yourself touching yourself, you are not in control. You love sex, and you love what makes you feel good. A year later, my son says to me, because we had, to, you know, I, I didn't belabor him about it. I said, so uh, what's the gay thing? He said, you know what, Dad? 
I, I think I'm asexual because I, I haven't even had no type of sex since we last talked about that. Mm. Not because I disapprove. Now, notice, at no point in time did I say, you know, da, da, da. I just kept it real with him. I said, if you're really gay, you're still going to be gay. Just don't have any type of sex. But if you feel yourself being drawn, and that's what I've said to a couple of clients, too. If you feel yourself being drawn to look at it, drawn to touch yourself and think about it, isn't it possible you're just using that as a blanket for whatever you got going on? And with the gay community, they they love to accept you until they realize you have a disease or something. They ostracize you like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, 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 it's a weird thing. So I say all that to say that, yeah, my experience has been feed a kid the information of life all the way, and then life will show them whether they should stick with it or not. That's mm-hmm. been my experience. Awesome. Man, and Ike, you were saying you was uh you wanted to finish up. Oh, wait a minute. Hello. Yo. Ike is not there. Okay. I was probably too long winded. I apologize. Okay. That I mean you you hit some nails right on the head because you know a lot of people you know um a lot of people uh, figured that that's what they are when they are. Gay. When they say they're gay, they figure that they were born like that. And when I actually did the research, and you know, I am, I, I, I believe that every answer that we have on this earth is in the Bible. So when I looked there, it was, it, it well, my synopsis was everybody is born into this world, um, able to be all these things. A thief. I don't think Jeffrey Dahmer's mama looked at him as a baby and say, this baby, this baby right here is going to be eating kids or eating people. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Ted Bundy's mother said, hey, this, this person right here is going to be a killer. Everyone is born into this world um, with all these accessible uh, sins available to them. And we have to choose to switch families after we are born again. But if you don't choose or somebody plant that seed, as you were saying, Mr. Mr. Classy, that once somebody is touched that way, then it plants an awful seed that they have to get rid of by switching families, and that's being born again. That's the, the identity for switching families because you're following now a new tune. You're dancing to a new tune. I know a, a, a teacher that he was, um, I thought the dude was gay for the longest, and he was one of my professors. And uh, But I found out he had... Uh, you know, 10 grandchildren and four kids, and he's been married for 26 years. But, uh, and at the end of class, I said, man, I thought, I honestly thought that you was kind of gay. And he said, well, this was after I got my grade, of course. But (laughs) I had been ostracized so much. I was raised by my wife, I mean, my mom and uh, four sisters. And, you know, I wanted to be accepted, so I guess it came from my feminine uh, feminine ways came from just being around my sisters and playing with what they play with and hanging around who they hang around and doing right. what they do. And and he was just a feminine man. Uh, and right. I never knew. I, I didn't know, but it was. But what happens is if a man is feminine 
and all the regular hard-knock boys want to wrestle and he don't want to be playing in the mud and playing with trucks and all that, those seeds are planted on that child too. You know, um, they, people start calling them different names, and, well, and that plants also seeds. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, 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 let me give you some some, some further information. Uh, Buddhism has a has a beautiful comment according to what you just said. They said children are born into the world perfect, and we teach them evil. Mm. That's all uh, right. <laughs> they 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 uh, to uh, uh, give you further information. I want you to look up something called uh, it's a penguin book. It's called Something in Me. Uh, the gay people are trying to force this book into the schools. Oh and yeah, what have yeah, you. I heard about that. Okay. I heard about so, that. So, yep. so, 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 here's the setup with that. Just to give you further ammunition for for your argument, I grew up in California, and I'll try to make this quick. I grew up in California, and a long time ago, the lawyers who were fighting the first Prop Eight, and you can look this up as well, they gave or offered gay people rights. See, it's not about rights. They gave, they said, hey, look, here go your rights. No, we want you to acknowledge us. California was like, hey, look, we're gay friendly out here, but you ain't going to force somebody to acknowledge you. you right. know, I mean, you, if you want the rights, we're going to call it union, and we're going to give you all the rights uh, legal that you want, you know, everything. This was back in the 80s. This was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, we don't want that. So they tried to force something legally. California don't play that. They said, okay, we're going to veto that. And we're going to do prop, I think it was eight. The first one was eight. We're going to do prop eight. If people want to vote for it, you guys, y'all can have it. It got defeated in California. So the gay group, they got mad. So they tried to circumvent something else. Governor Schwarzenegger stopped it again. He said, hey, you don't do it like that. This is a voting place out here in California. We'll put it back on the ballot and we'll call it prop something else. It got Mm -hmm. voted down. Then they went to the Supreme Court under the national lie of, we just want rights. Come on, Mm -hmm. you guys. You had had rights for Prop 8. So my point is, my experience, it's been a game-playing type of scenario. Even with the Penguin book that I think uh, one of you guys just acknowledged that you heard about. You want to try to force. You, 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 you state that there's a problem with high schoolers bullying, but you can't identify who these bullying people are, but yet you state it's a problem. So in order to fix it, what you want to do is implement a book in elementary that forces elementary children to read and acknowledge that sometimes there's two parents. And you want to use a penguin to do that when in actuality penguins have mothers and the fathers are just dedicated uh, to uh, protect the child from the weather. So you're misappropriating it. But nevertheless, you should not force nobody to do that. So my point in saying all this, just to give you further ammunition, mm-hmm. I never say gay people are wrong. I never say gay people are bad. But what gay people are not is honest. And mm-hmm. gay people will sit and say, well, we want rights. Well, you know you was offered rights back in 2000, uh, uh, 1980, whatever. Well, no, the, yep, Prop 8, look it up. I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, we just want, no, you want somebody to acknowledge you. You want somebody to say, I'm just like you, da 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 
and, and, and to your point, yeah, your teacher may have had those tendencies. I have five siblings and, and a mom, and that's how I grew up. And mm-hmm. I nearly had a gay incident when I was six. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know what the difference between then and now is? There would have been a kid in my ear the next day. You know you're gay, right? You know you're gay, yeah. right? You know you're gay, 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 right? And, and that book, and that you, book you yeah, and that book you refer to is um, "Entangle Makes Three. Right. And, you know, that's the that's the book. And we actually, I don't know if you've checked it out, but we actually did a, a show, March of the Penguins, where we chopped that movie up and, you know, talking about exactly what you talk about, about how, you know, we talked about it from the, the male penguin and the female penguin perspective, mother and father. Um, but, yeah. I mean, they and again, protect. I'm not I'm not against gay folks. You know, I just keep it 100 because, yeah. you know, when I first moved, moved out to Atlanta, gentlemen, I saw a lot of lesbian women, 30 plus, sleeping with eighth grade girls. Mm. The gay community ain't mad at that. Whoa, whoa! But the gay community ain't mad at that. And if you ever, I went on many a blog talk show with lesbians because I used to date a couple of bisexual girls. And I used to ask them the question, why are you guys not upset about that? Nobody want to talk about that. See, that's the, those are the hidden secrets that they don't like sharing. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not hating. I can, I can, my cousin is one. He's trying mm-hmm. to get out of his union marriage now, but he likes it. <laughs> but but, but my, my point is, if we're talking about fixing stuff, solutions, just like the brother who was on earlier, I – we have to think about the possibility for a beautiful turnaround because mm-hmm. a lot of times these kids are looking for options. Mm-hmm. And I'm not perfect either, fellas, but I told my son, my son has been missing now for a, a, a year and a half. And you heard from him, guess what? The only thing I can, I can offer him is an open door, a listening ear, and advice for the future. So you, you said missing as if nobody heard from him or he just hadn't talked to you? He hasn't talked to me because, again, like I said, he was kidnapped when he was three. So he was taken away. The courts didn't know where he was. Nobody knew where he was. And, you know, he, 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 he was gone. So the mother tried to reinstitute uh, a stepfather. She found some military dude to con out of his benefits. And, you know, she tried to create this whole scenario. So my son was robbed of that other side of his family. And that's why I said a lot of times women, they, 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 they got the government protecting them so much on stuff that I think if children went back and say, Mom, you, 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 you kind of messed me up, you know, mm-hmm. I think it would be a, a, a different thing. Or if there was some legal thing saying, okay, Dad gets first option if something goes wrong. You know what I'm saying? The woman with four four kids, but give give one of those fathers an option so he don't have to deal with her at all. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. take her. I'll take her, and I'll take the child as long as I ain't got to deal with her. Let's sign the paperwork. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are the things a lot of people don't want to talk about because there's a lot of dudes that would love, just like one of you guys just said, you've taken on a responsibility. A lot of people would love to take on. I was at 20 years old, and I'm talking too much, but I was 20 years old. I walked into a court. I said, look, I got a great job with Kenworth. Uh, let's chair him. She can kid- and, this, and this is before she kidnapped him. 
she can keep him. I will. Uh, now I'm 20 years old saying this. She can keep him for the summer or the, or, or the uh, school year, whichever one she wants, and I'll keep him for the other half, and I'll pay for the plane trips. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be ideal for the child, right? It's supposed to be, but yeah, but there you go. <laughs> I know I had to spend myself to get both of my children. I spent forty thousand dollars to you go. get both of them. And uh, and the child support is is I don't receive I'm supposed to receive child support for from both parents of my grandson and I, we're supposed to receive child support from uh, my my children's mother, but the courts don't go after them like they come after us and that and that's unfortunate. But you know I have to still be the upstanding daddy, father, Christian, all of the above just so I won't be looked upon as any other deadbeat or any other father that went crazy because he got his kids or any other statistics that they have about fathers raising their children. So I put all that on my shoulders each and every time one of them gets flip mouth with me or each and every time something goes wrong, I have to be the one to carry that. And and it's not it's not easy, as I said before. Um, and, and, this, and with this conversation coming up on both of them thinking about sex and thinking about uh, uh, what their friends are doing and and, uh, trying to get the liberties to go out there and and do certain things. I had a, um, my son came to me the other day, he said, hey, Dad, my friend coming to pick me up Friday. Well, first of all, the rules is you ask. He didn't ask. Now, the rule, if you ask and I meet their parents, that's the second rule. I have to know where you at so I can, if something happens, I need to come and pick you up. Or I need to know where you are if you don't call, if you don't call home or you don't show up when you're supposed to. I need to know where to go. Uh, third, I need to know who the parents are and have their number because that's how it was back in the day. It was no, the devil didn't have no room to get a hold to your children. So, you know, I said, well, you know, I have to know who the parents are, but he tried to thought that he was going around that rule because he's 18. So Friday came. He said, oh, you know my boy coming to pick me up, right? I said, no, he's not. Well, I told you, well, I asked you two days ago. No, you didn't ask me. You told me he was coming to pick you up. You didn't ask me anything. Well, I got his iPod, and I found out that it was a lesbian throwing a party and had a whole lot of other girls that went both ways that was going to show up at this party. And the lesbian girl has two mothers. So the the mothers didn't mind um, her doing this party. Now, they were bringing in other kids to adopt their lifestyle. This is my thinking. Why are you allowing your daughter to first be as you are to let her know it's not it's it's okay to be like you are and then invite normal children with other lifestyles to come into your household and invoke that lifestyle upon them. And that's why he didn't let me meet his friend's mother. Mothers. So I said all that so we we need to be careful as fathers who we allow our children to go to because uh, I mean, you know, now the day and age, my son told me, well, I'm 18. Why do you have to meet my friend's parents? Because he knew I would be totally against it. 
He knew I was going to be totally against it. And that's why he didn't even bother to, 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 to introduce me to anybody. He didn't even offer it, you know. At least offer it so I could say, no, I don't need to, men, men, I don't need to meet him because I trust you. He didn't even offer it. That's why I knew something was going on or something was wrong. And nowadays, a parent, parent like to turn their ears and say, hey, as long as you're out of my hair, go ahead. As long as you be back at 9, go ahead. Or call when you're on your way so I can open the door. We can't be that nonchalant, especially as fathers allowing our kids to go do what they want to do. Okay. Uh, anybody else got anything before I close up? No, sir. Good words. Good show, man. Yeah, good well, show, brother. I would like to uh, end this show on a note, and I wanted to um, answer, uh, read my response to what I read earlier as far as what the uh, young lady wrote to me about her husband having a difference of opinion or, you know, being um, uh, two-faced about the whole you can let the son have sex, but you won't let the daughter have sex, if y'all can recall at the beginning of the show. Okay, my response to this, this woman was, there are several questions to address, so let's start with the first one. The first issue I wanted to ta- tackle, that the Bible does not mention rearing children by gender. The Bible speaks of children as a whole, male, female alike. Children respect your parents. Uh, Parents, do not provoke your children. Uh, Raise your children the way they should go so they won't stray far. So it doesn't differentiate how you raise a male different than a female. This indicates how gender is not a factor when raising your children. So this brings about the question of why do we raise boys different than girls. That is by our choice as parents, maybe because the way we were raised, maybe because we as men don't want to happen to our daughters what we so many girls when we were when we were young. Whatever the reason, it will seem to draw some frustrating disputes when it's time to discuss topics as sensitive as this. The next issue is the, uh, that needs to be addressed is what is a good age for the child to experience an outstanding enjoyment of sex. Right away, when addressing this issue, the parent begins reminiscing back to the point when they first had sex. After feeling guilty due to the fact that they had encountered uh, was premarital, after experiencing that their encounter was premarital, premarital, they veer away from the biblical teachings concerning fornication and steer more towards conversation regarding safe sex. This father stated that his daughter would not have sex until she was married. He was absolutely correct, but he should have made his son responsible for those same rules and expectations instead of giving him a pat on the back, so to speak. Instead, Instead, what the house and what the head of house did was the opposite of how the Bible directs the mind of the person should be. James chapter 8 verse 1 states that the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This is why his reason it's different for boys than it is for girls bring question to his hypocritical rules. I can guarantee that this question would not have excited, uh, I'm sorry, I can guarantee that this question would not have existed if the father would have held his son to the same standards as he insists 
that his daughter followed. The last issue that needed to be addressed is how the mother took pleasure in recognizing her daughter was still a virgin. It seems in some of the homes of God's people that it is acceptable for mediocre to be the new standard. Praising your child for being a virgin is the same as my wife praising me because the lights came on when she hit the switch. If I am a man of God who take care of his family, the lights coming on should be more of an expectation, the same as my child being a virgin until marriage. If we are supposed to be in this world but not of this world, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and rise up the stand, or raise up a standard against the enemy when he comes, that's Isaiah 59, verse 19, then we should not be comparing our standards to the world's. So that's what I um, answered back to the lady because she was so much trying to make it seem like her situation was so much better than everybody else's whose child is having sex. Well, I, for one, as a father, don't care about what anybody else's children is doing. I only care about what my children are doing, how they are raised, and I'm not looking at anybody else when I when I raise them. I'm not looking at the signs of the time. You know, I'm not looking at what the school is doing, what the school is allowing them to, to do outside, two girls kissing in front of the school building. That's inappropriate to me with, with, a, with a, a, a male and female doing it. So it's very more so inappropriate to me when two females or two males are doing it. So... To close the show, if no one has anything else, you know, I appreciate you guys allowing me to moderate again. Uh, I got some definite answers about, you know, what kind of conversations I need to have, what my expectations are when my daughter and my son come to me because they are ready to have sex or if they are ready to have sex and not being naive enough to think that me raising them in the church is going to be enough to them to say, for them to say no when they – our approach with the uh, the sexual you know attempt from either male or female. Okay, anybody got anything else?